Welcome back to another episode of Call It A Comeback. I'm Bobby McGinnis, alongside my co-host, Tom Splone. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Um, I'm excited for another week of this podcast. Had a nice uh, Thanksgiving break, and uh, we got a special guest today. Yeah, before we get to our special special guest, I mean, I'm very excited to introduce him, but I do want to shout out you on your 21st birthday. We celebrated yesterday. Uh, how was it, Tom? Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was good to enjoy my first alcoholic beverage, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I was a really excited fun night. Yeah, I had fun as well. I was happy to celebrate with you, and hopefully we can run it back in two weeks when I turn 21. Yeah, uh, it'll be a lot of fun, but Tom, like you mentioned, I'm very excited today to bring on a very special guest. This guy has been bugging us all semester to get on the episode, uh, but with conflicting course schedule, we have not been able to have him on yet, but I'm very happy to introduce to you guys my tall friend, Matt Truskowitz. Matt, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, let's let's talk some sports. Of course, Matt. How's your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, football games on Thursday were not too bad, and had a good meal. So yeah. What was the uh, MVP food from your uh, Thanksgiving meal? Oh, MVP food. It's got to be the mac and cheese. Always the mac and cheese. I agree. Mac and cheese is definitely my favorite. But Tom, you were telling me no mac and cheese at your Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, we didn't have any mac and cheese. Um, basically, just ma- mashed potatoes, turkey. Uh, we had sweet potatoes with marshmallow too, which was pretty pretty good. Um, but I, I gotta go with the turkey. That's probably my favorite favorite uh, dish. All right, turkey and mashed potatoes, some stuffing. Yeah, you know, right. you're mean Thanksgiving. Now you being Italian, do we have any other Italian dishes in there? Cause we actually don't uh, celebrate with Italian dishes on Thanksgiving. I kind of wish we did, but uh, that's mostly Christmas and uh, Easter. All right, cool. Very traditional. Uh, all right, so like you said, uh, we had a lot of stuff going on in sports. Our last podcast was a little over a week and a half ago, and obviously that was before Thanksgiving and before a lot of the signings happened in the MLB. So to start off today, we're going to have to talk about MLB free agency. Uh, Matt Trusk, you are a Yankee fan. Yes, um, I am. They've been sleeping so far, I believe, this free agency. <laughs> yeah, they uh, hit snooze on their alarm clocks, and they haven't heard one thing from them besides for uh, that shortstop from the Texas Rangers that were all over. All over. Who is that, kind of Falefa? Yeah, I'm really not sure what the Yankees are doing right now. They promised uh, to, to restructure the roster, especially after getting bounced in the uh, wild card game last uh, season to the Boston Red Sox. And uh, they haven't really made one move yet. Uh, they've traded away a few guys, actually. So um, I'd like to see what they're going to do. Uh, Carlos Correa is still out there, so that's going to have to be a main uh, push for, for this ball club, I think. But um, yeah, going after Connor Falefa, the Texas Rangers isn't really like what fans want to hear, I don't think. And and if they get him, that that'd be a really low ball, I think, for the for the roster and for the fan base. I mean, you talk about Kalefa, he is a guy who is a gold glove winner. Um, although with the amount of shortstops that are out there in this free agency, we look at Correa, Seeger, uh, Semyon already. Uh, Correa's still on the board, obviously. But we look at, I mean, you go down the list, Trevor Story, Javi Baez. I mean, there's been so many opportunities for the Yankees to address this position, and I'm not sure really what they're waiting for. Yeah, I think it's partially that they've got these prospects, Volpe and Peraza, that are both kind of close. And Correa's looking for a big deal, 10 years, and then... Who also still left out there? Trevor Story. I mean, Story, yeah. they're interested in him at the deadline, but I I don't really see him playing in New York. I don't know how he would do. Yeah, I th- I think uh, definitely Correa is your best option. Uh, they were trying to go after Seager, but the uh, the Rangers man, they're really making a push uh, this free agency. They signed uh, Seager to a ten year deal, and they also got Marcus Semien. So um, yeah, a lot of teams are spending their money, and the Yankees really aren't one of them right now. So it kind of finds it shocking to a lot of people. 
And like you mentioned, uh, Matt, the Yankees do have Volpe and uh, Peraza in their system, but uh, Judge isn't getting any younger, and neither is Garrett Cole, and and the Yankees really got to be in win-now mode. So uh, it'll be interesting to what they do the next few weeks. Well, you know who is spending money? Uncle Steve with the New York Mets. Steve Cohen obviously took over ownership of the New York Mets uh, a little over a year ago, I believe, and fans couldn't be more happy. The Wilpons were so afraid to spend money. The Mets acted like a small market team in a big market, which just made no sense. And it was so frustrating every offseason seeing the Yankees go out and spend money, uh, always coming away with you know some of the top guys out there. Finally, Mets fans have what they want, and that's a nice purse to work with. Um, we saw Steve Cohen not afraid to spend money. He went out and made a huge signing with Max Scherzer, signing him to a deal worth $130 million over three years. Yeah, that uh, that definitely uh, shocked me. Um, I saw at the deadline last year when he was traded to the Dodgers, he wanted nothing to do with the East Coast. So him coming back to the East Coast really shocks me. But then again, when you're getting offered pretty much a blank check, it's kind of hard to uh, decline that offer. Another thing with the starting Marte, that also shocked me. I was not expecting the Mets to uh, sign starting Marte. That just kind of came out of the blue. Yeah, I mean, the Mets are really they're really spending money this offseason in Cohen. Uh, is doing what he promised the fans, and Scherzer is by far the best pitcher on the market. He's a he's a top three pitcher with alongside Degrom and, and Verlander. If you go up this past decade, so I mean now you got uh, Degrom and Scherzer both on the same team. That's gonna be tough to compete against. And uh, Mets also did make moves with Cana, Marte, and Escobar, so they added some some good contact hitters to go along with their pitching. So I mean they're gonna be bolstered and ready to go for the season. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned the bats that they added: Cana, um, Escobar, and uh, Marte. Obviously, those are good signings uh, for Cohen and the Mets, but they're still missing uh, an additional good bat. I would really like to see them pick up a third baseman. Uh, Trust. I'm thinking possibly a guy that they should target is Chris Bryant. Yeah, I mean, I agree. They uh, they were very much into him at the deadline last year. Obviously, they came over with Baez. That was also a good trade. Uh, he performed really well. But yeah, uh, Chris Bryant's market seems very quiet right now. There's something that uh, not a lot of people know about. I mean, I know the Blue Jays are definitely in on him, but if the Mets really want to be that team to beat, they uh, they got to go out and get him. Yeah, and as we're actually recording right now, I see a lot of rumors starting to heat up about uh, Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman, obviously, that would be huge for the New York Yankees if they can pry him away from Atlanta. I would do anything in the world for uh, Freddie Freeman to be wearing the pinstripes next to uh, Next spring, I mean, what I see, I'm, what, what is it, four years? It's thirty million for four years. I mean, Yankees should be all over that. I'd, I'd give him even more than that. I mean, he's, if not the best first baseman in the game and lefty bat in Yankee Stadium. You don't know what you're getting yourself into there. Yeah, I love Freddie Freeman as a Yankee fan, but uh, realistically, here I just don't see him leaving the Atlanta Braves, especially um, if a guy like that. He's going to be uh, offered that kind of contract. I think it's going to be easy for Atlanta to keep him unless he really wants to leave the team. But after winning a World Series last year, I, j- I just see it being tough for him to leave that squad. I mean, we knew coming into this free agency that there would be a lot of shortstops available, and I wasn't really sure how that carousel would play out. Are there any big surprises to you guys about you know who ended up where? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. I think Texas Rangers, man. I mean, they got Seag- uh, Corey Seager and... Simeon. I mean, I know money-wise, Texas has no uh, income tax, so that definitely played a factor with the Dodgers competing with the Rangers for Corey Seager because I know they want to retain him. But, I mean, 
the Texas Rangers, man, they can they can compete soon as long as they get some arms. I think they signed John Gray too, right? Right. So you yeah. mentioned John Gray. Um, they signed him to a four year like, four year deal. The problem is, Matt. I feel like John Gray is one of those pitchers that's hyped up every single offseason, and then he just never reaches his full potential. And now, sitting here at 30 years old, I personally would not want to commit four years to a guy like John Gray. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, <clears throat> that great of a pitcher. I mean, he's definitely a f- number four or five uh, if you want to add to the back end of your rotation. But like you just mentioned, he's always talked about. But, I mean, he also pitches in Colorado. That's, that's I guess, what he's got going for him. I mean, Colorado's a hitter's uh ballpark especially with the the altitude there so i mean if you move him to another another city his numbers should era should go down uh that's what squads i guess could look at but i mean i'm, I'm not really that high in him yeah i mean when you look at them signing john gray and them signing Simeon and Corey seager that if you look at the numbers that's only 10 percent of what they spent so far this offseason so yeah i mean i know texas this new ballpark I'm not, i don't think it's i think it's a pitcher friendly ballpark i mean i think the gaps are very deep so yeah, it's a big ballpark i could see that really i could see it working out i don't think he's going to be anything special but i think he'll he could be a decent starter maybe like a little bit above a 3-3 era and hopefully a couple wins yeah are you guys surprised at all that carlos correa has not gone off the board i mean i i think we could all agree he's probably the best shortstop available um, out of that group of five to six shortstops. And we've seen some other guys like Javi Baez uh, and Semyon go before him. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? What's going on there? Yeah, I was a little shocked uh, this morning to find out Javi Baez going to the Detroit Tigers. I knew they were in talks with him, but I thought they'd maybe make more of a push for Craig because we all know Craig's a little, little above uh, Javier Baez. But maybe they couldn't agree on money or years or whatever. So, I mean, I mean, the, his market really hasn't heated up yet. We know the Phillies, Yankees, uh, Dodgers, even Astros, a lot of teams are still in on him. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I definitely think it's a good thing for baseball, though, that we see the Texas Rangers and the Detroit Tigers going out and, and signing people in the offseason. That just makes it feel good for the sport, and that way, you know, good, bad teams can get better for next year. Yeah, um, back to the Yankees here. Carlos Correa not signing is so far before this lockout that's supposed to happen is – if the Yankees don't go this one-year short stopgap, whatever they're calling it, you never know. Correa might end up in pinstripes, although a lot of New York fans might hate it because of his past with the Astros. But, hey, I'd want a player like that on my team, platinum glove winner, and always clutch, always clutch. Yeah, I think Yankees fans have to put the, the Correa narrative aside and forget about what happened in the past. This guy's the top top three shortstop probably I'd say in the league you put him next to uh, Lindor I know Lindor didn't have a great season last year but Lindor is still up there um, Baez like we mentioned see Corey Seager is another great shortstop but Cray is top of the league this is a guy you got to go out and spend your money for and Yankees fans should not be questioning this whatsoever yeah I don't think they would I mean it's like if Tom Brady all of a sudden said he wants to come play for the New York Jets it's a guy that I've hated my whole life but obviously I'd want yeah. him on my football team yeah. uh, likewise the Mets kind of just did that I've gone my whole life kind of hating Max Scherzer beating up the Mets. Yeah, he's been a Mets killer, honestly, his whole career. And now that he's on my team, I couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, touching on that, Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, that might be the best pitching duo we've seen in a very long time. Got to stay healthy. Definitely is. If they stay healthy, it will be. Got to stay. If they're healthy, they're the best one-two punch in baseball in all time, potentially. Yeah. I I agree. I mean, you're talking about two guys who have multiple Cy Young awards. Um Jacob DeGrom, obviously we saw last year before he got hurt, his stats were even better than years prior. So you're talking about a guy who, yes, he's starting to age, but he came up late. So I think he's still in his prime. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know the stats. I don't know if he got it pulled up here, but his his innings, I don't – I mean, if you compare him to like a pitcher like Kurt, uh, Clayton Kershaw, 
Clayton Kershaw's arm has got to be on a th- his last thread because of how many innings he's thrown. But Max Scherzer, like you said, he came up late. I'm not sure what the the inning count is, but I mean, as long as he stays healthy, I haven't. I mean, what was the one thing last year in the playoffs with the uh, Dodgers? He got his arm was dead or something because he came out of the pen one game and then they threw him two days later. I yeah, mean, he had a dead arm. can't really worry about that. I don't think really anyone worries about that, but. Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, geez, I, I wish the Yankees could have something like that. I mean, we got Garrett Cole, but behind him, there's really nothing much behind them. Jordan Montgomery, maybe? Yeah, they're still going to have to make moves out there. The Yankees really haven't uh, been in the market for pitching this offseason. I'm not really sure why that is. Uh, maybe they're relying on their young guys uh, coming up. I'm not, I'm not sure, but the Yankees do not have a solid uh, number two starter behind Cole as we speak right now. I mean, it's such a shame that Jacob DeGrom got hurt last year. I'm looking, he's right above a one ERA. I mean, and that was through 92 innings pitched. He was on an unbelievable tear. Yeah, there's something about that. I, I, he's, I don't know if it's psychological with him. He was never, was he really even diagnosed with a, a clear injury? Now, I forget what it was exactly, but, you know, there's something going on there with the arm, and, and, and Jacob DeGrom is a dog. He's a fighter. Like, he would want to be out there um, if he was healthy. It's just such a shame. Like you mentioned, like, maybe part of it is psychological, but, I don't know. You look fast forward to if the Mets make the playoffs next year, you're talking about a team, an opposing team having to go up against Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer for four out of the seven games. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough. You're, yeah. It's miserable I'm for an speechless, opposing team. Speechless. Because, right? I mean, those are two guys. And I, I remember one, our, one of our friends, Jack Fagan, he said the other day that these guys are probably locked in for 10 wins each if they're healthy the whole season. The problem is the Mets don't like to score runs for their pitchers when they pitch well. The one thing that I could guarantee you, though, is that Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer will be right around a 2 ERA, and that's honestly what's more important because if they can limit you know, opposing teams to two runs a game uh, on average, your offense doesn't really need to do much to win, to win baseball games. Yeah, I mean, you, got, you signed these... Marte, Can, all these guys you sign. I mean, Marte is an excellent steal. He could steal bases. I mean, get him on, put a lead off, get him on base, and you got to run in the first inning every game if he gets on base in the first inning. They just they got to play small ball. I know last year they had a lot of swing and miss, but uh, I mean, Chris Bryant, and if they could sign him, I I think Mets win the NL East. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Mets offense can do uh, this season coming up because they've the past years they have struggled scoring runs for their pitching and. <laughs> if they're going to be putting up runs uh, for Scherzer and DeGrom, they'll definitely be in the hunt for the NL. Shift gears here a little bit. Uh, talk about some Thanksgiving football. Last week was week 12 in the NFL, and we saw a lot of movement in the standings actually as well. But on Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving, during the day, we had a, a thriller, honestly, with the Bears and the Lions. Uh, two very mediocre teams, if that. Uh, but the Bears came away with a last-second field goal uh, to top off the, their victory against the Lions, 16-14. to uh, Later on, I mean, game of the day was definitely Raiders at Cowboys when they were victorious in overtime, 36-33. to I mean, what a game that was. That speaks volume. I mean, the Raiders are a team that have dealt with so much this season. You look at the coaching situation. Gruden gets fired. I believe it was like week three or four after they were off to a hot start. Then Henry Ruggs, uh, DUI, uh, that accident. I mean, I'm not going to get into the details, but obviously he's done, cut from the team. Damon Arnett was also, I believe, arrested Mm -hmm. uh, for threatening with with a weapon. I mean, he was released from the team. You look at so much has gone around this team, and they still manage to be above 500. I mean, I tip my, I really tip my hat to uh, to Derek Carr. 
Yeah, you got to shout out Daniel Carlson too, because if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have won that game. They've scored they scored one touchdown, which was or they scored two touchdowns, but one passing touchdown, which was that bomb to Deshaun Jackson to start the game. But yeah. Daniel Carlson made I'm pretty sure five field goals, and all of them were more than 25, 25 yards, and the longest being fifty six. Yeah, so Matt, I think um, I think I somewhat deserve some credit for the Raiders' victory on uh, Thursday because I picked up Daniel Carlson on Thanksgiving morning in, in fantasy in two of my leagues actually. Um, and then he dropped 21, so I don't know if that's coincidence or just maybe my touch. I'm not sure, but definitely your touch. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes aside, Daniel Carson's been a really good uh, kicker so far um, this year in the league. He's been top five for fantasy, and yeah, no doubt, he, he definitely helped them win that game. And uh, I think Carr, uh, even Waller before he got hurt, Jacobs, just a great offensive game from uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and a, a big win that they needed. Uh, tough, tough loss for Dallas, but with Philly losing over the weekend of the Giants, there's really no sweat for Dallas with this division. Um, yes, they could still play for the bye, but they're pro- they're probably not getting the one seed the way Green Bay and Arizona is playing right now. So they're definitely locked in for the division. I think they'll finish in the three to four seed area, uh, anyways. So it's 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 not a killer loss for them, but you definitely want to see them sharpen up uh, in the next few weeks come playoff time. Yeah, I agree, Tom. You look at that night game. Uh, the bill I didn't get to catch too much of it actually I was on the way home from uh, my relatives in Long Island but you look at that game I mean the bills just manhandled the Saints the Saints are a really different team without a good quarterback I mean no offense to to Trevor Simeon but he's not a good quarterback he's and really bad. They, in that game they were also missing Alvin Kamara uh, Mark Ingram uh, obviously Michael Thomas has been out the whole year uh, that Saints team they really fell off I, I think it's you, you got you to credit the Bills' defense. So the Bills' defense is, I think, is top three in the league. And Josh Allen, I mean, they're what, what's their record? Seven and seven, seven and four. Five, seven and four. I mean, yeah, they had a couple bad losses this year. They lost to uh, what was that one game they lost? It was terrible. It was like a Colts. No, they lost to the Steelers week one, which was a bad loss too. I don't know what game it was, but they, they lost, lost the Titans. Yeah, that Titans game. That was a Mon- bad Mon- game. Uh, Monday night, right? Yeah, that was a bad yes. game, but uh, <coughs> Josh Allen, I, I mean, being a Jets fan, having Josh Allen in your division obviously is not the best thing, but Josh Allen is, guy's a stud, but they got I think they, I don't think they're proven yet, I mean, the Patriots have a win over them in the win column, so, I mean, they still have, they played one more game, but I don't know, they gotta, they gotta do something, I feel like, to, uh, their offense needs to get clicking, I know they won 31-6, but you're going up against the New Orleans Saints, I mean, well, you mentioned the Patriots uh, having that lead over them in the division right now. They actually match up this week on Monday Night Trusk. Um, I mean, that game is going to be a huge indicator for what's what's to come in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I hate the Patriots. I hate Mac Jones. I hate, but Mac Jones is good, man. I see Tom Brady written all over him. Not Tom Brady 2.0, obviously. I don't think he's going to be as good yeah, as him. But I mean, he, he's, I mean, they, they got they, their playbook is perfect for him. All these check downs, all these quick slants. I mean, it's hard to stop him. Plus, they're... The Patriots defense is also really good too. I, what a Devin McCourty. What's I don't even know what his name is. He's got like seven picks this year. Yeah, McCourty and Judon have been really good for New England. And yeah, you're right. Trust this. This New England team is probably the most I've ever seen a, an offense and defense clicking at the same time, especially with a rookie quarterback. Um, they're on. A, I believe they were four and four. Now they're on a four game win streak. They're eight and four, uh, especially after Jimmy Cody said they were dark horse contenders. So. It's pretty crazy. This team's really clicking on all cylinders. And a uh, huge game coming up against Buffalo. And uh, I'm really excited for that one because that's going to really tell us who's going to win this division. I just want to pump the brakes a little on Mac Jones. I mean, he's he's good. But when, when you say Tom Brady, I mean, yeah, he could look like a duck, walk like a duck. That don't mean he's a duck, okay? I'm not going to go as far to say he's the next Tom Brady. 
I mean, Tom Brady. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not no. saying he's in. The, I mean, he's he's got similar traits. Yeah, he's, he's got the same he, system. He, like when I when I look at when I watch the Patriots, when I see I like see a little bit of Tom Brady. Obviously, the guy can't run. He can't. He's not mobile, and he wins ball games. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, he might not be as clutch right now because we really haven't seen him. Has he had like a clutch moment? Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. But he's he's done very. I mean, he's clearly the front runner for Rookie of the Year, and then I guess Jamar Chase is behind him. But I think he's kind of broken away with that Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones. He's done what he's had to this season. He's done a very good job at doing that. Uh, the thing with Mac Jones is that. He limits mistakes. He doesn't make very very many mistakes, and it's unlike the other rookie quarterbacks that we've seen. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, they all force throws. Um, partially that's because they're running for their life most of the time because they don't have a good offensive line. I mean, Mac Jones was put into a perfect situation. Yeah. You can't sit here and tell me that if Trevor Lawrence uh, or Zach Wilson, even Justin Fields, if they were drafted to the New England Patriots, that w- they wouldn't be having the same success. I don't know. I feel like that's a good debate. It is a good debate, but uh, yeah, you look at Mac Jones' numbers. I'm looking here. I mean, he's got only one game this season where he has a multi-pick game. He hasn't thrown more than one interception uh, in any game but just one this year, and that was against the uh, New Orleans Saints in that tough one uh, at home <clears throat> for them. But he does a really good job of just keeping the, onto the football, and that's what teams want to see, especially out of a rookie quarterback. Yes, his line is really good. That helps. Uh, yes, his receivers have been making big plays. Bourne and Jacoby Myers have stepped up big time. Uh, for this team, uh, but still, rookie quarterback comes usually with a lot of stupid decision making, and we haven't really seen much of that from him, uh, especially in these last five weeks. Yeah, the only thing I will say is that like Mac Jones, the, it's like a perfect game script for him, and I'm not really like hating on them for this, but when you look at his like passing yards, like average completion is is all below ten yards in every game except yeah, for yeah, one. I'm looking Definitely. right now; he's had one game below sixty percent completion percentage. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, so a lot, most of his throws have been check checkdowns. Downs. Yeah, I, I mean know, that, that was a lot with Brady though in, in New England. That's it's this it's the same coaching staff there. It's right. Check. No, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm not. That's I'm what not, they do. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying. No, like, yeah, but it's true. Maybe more teams should do that with their rookie quarterbacks. Uh, LaFleur's not doing that with Zach Wilson. I mean, the also, poor yeah, kid's running for his life and getting killed in the fucking in the backfield. Well, the one problem with Zach Wilson is like last week, even against the Texans, they came away with the win, uh, but Zach Wilson couldn't even make the short throws. Like, they were designing short throws for him, and he's like overthrowing his receivers. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly starting to get worried about Zach Wilson. Uh, it's, I feel like it's still early, but yeah, I know. It's, I mean, he got it's hurt. It's his, it was his first game back since being hurt. Yeah, they were talking him up like he's going to be the best rookie quarterback, and you know, he was doing all the perfect things, but it's not translating to his game. I mean, clearly his stats aren't showing it. He's, I feel like every time he steps back, you're worried about him throwing a pick, and uh, that's definitely a cause of concern for Jets fans, but... It's true. You know what's not a cause of concern for Jets fans is the Seahawks pick keeps getting better and better as they lost last night to the Washington uh, football team. I mean, that feels so good right now. It's like Jamal Adams is like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I mean that game was a terrible game, but towards the end there, I was. Uh, it was very interesting how I mean Russell Wilson had a, a terrible game. I think they went five straight uh, drives, five three and out. I mean that's Russell Wilson. Like, come on, you got to do better than that. <laughs> now, yeah, the Seattle Seahawks right now. <clears throat> I think the, they're just straight up embarrassing. Honestly, this team is three three and eight. Am I correct? Yeah. This the Seattle Seahawks football team is three and eight with Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on their offense. It's just, it's really embarrassing. And uh, not enough people are really talking about it, I, I think. And Pete Carroll needs to be held accountable. Russell Wilson needs to be held accountable. Um, I, I just don't understand. I know this guy doesn't have a great line. Uh, they haven't been blocking for him a whole ton. 
but you looked last night at that two-point conversion to end the game. DK Metcalf had, was open in the back corner of the end zone. There's a guy in the middle of the end zone that was open. He could have made two throws to tie that football game, and Russell Wilson is just not <clears throat> making the throws this throws season that we've coverage. seen him. Just throws into double coverage. He's throwing every into time. double coverage. He's taking sacks that he shouldn't be, and this is not the type of player that we saw in his first first years in the league, especially when he carried this team to the Super Bowl. I mean, you're right. Russell Wilson this year has been atrocious. Uh, he ranks 23rd in QBR, 23rd in touchdowns thrown, and 27th in the league in yardage. I mean, I'm not going to look at. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. He that's was why. Hurt that's for why. A weeks. I'm not going to. Yeah, he was. Four, he was five out. Weeks. Yeah. So I'm not going to say yards and touchdowns. Put him against him, but the QBR. Yeah, I mean that's average, that's average games. It's not like him missing games really hurt his QBR. Yeah, because there. Yeah, I, exactly. Because that's an average. Can you imagine if the Washington football team had Chase Young last night? Oh, I mean, rushing. I mean, I don't think. With. I don't think the Seahawks would have scored. He went down two times last night via via the sack. I think it would have been like five or six yeah, if Chase he, was on. He might have gone down two times, but he was pressured at least twenty times. He was. Ro- yeah. yeah, there's totally. And then atrocious had, and game from them. That Washington football team now really started off poorly. Is now looking at a five and six record, and maybe they can even start looking at maybe NFC wild card because five and six isn't too far out of the the last wild card spot. I don't I don't think. Well, Tom, if the season ended today, Washington is the seventh team and really? making the wild. Yeah, they take that last wild card. If the season ended today, that's crazy. It's insane. I mean, I, I don't I think it'll stay like that. Yeah, I don't I don't really not. know the rest of their schedule. I do know that Washington actually has. Two games against the Eagles. Now two against the Eagles, and they play the Giants one more time you, at, at uh, Jersey. If you asked me a week ago, I would say, "Oh yeah, Eagles should definitely win that team." I even said that I believe last week on our podcast. I said the Eagles have a good path to the playoffs, but after losing the Giants, I'm a little skeptical now on the Eagles. And I don't know, maybe Washington can put something together and, and steal a game or two, and and possibly, like we said, take that last wild card spot. I mean, yeah, I know, you know. Giants beat the Eagles, but cause concern for Jalen Hurts. He looked. Terrible. I Very mean, bad. he was throwing. Concerning. Yeah, like it, three. What did he finish? Three picks and three picks. He only threw for around a hundred yards. He had a pretty good game on the ground, but again, he's not Lamar Jackson, so he should be throwing the ball better. And I mean, he has had a good season up until last week. I, I was honestly pretty pretty high in him as a Giant fan. I think uh, he's been pretty good, but uh, he just did not make any good reads on Sunday. Uh, giant defense did a good job of uh, limiting Devonte Smith. And uh, Rager came up with two real poor drops at the end of the game, and it cost them. But Hurts, nonetheless, did not have a great game. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely a little bit of cause of concern there for the Eagles. I mean, we'll see if they can bounce back. It's definitely going to be interesting to watch. And they got the Jets this week, so should be uh, shouldn't be that hard to bounce back. <laughs> hey, man, the Jets are rolling. The Jets got Jets, a big win. Yeah, the I mean, Jets have a win streak right now, let <laughs> me tell you. It's just one game, but that's a win streak. So, um, yeah, what, what happens if the Jets start winning games uh, are we gonna be happy or upset with as the long as the position? Seahawks keep losing? I'll be happy. It's true. That's fair. Uh, I mean, Tom, that's a good question because it's we were talking about answer. that. Obviously, that's we talk sports in the room as well, and that's a discussion that we had me and some other Jets fans. And it's like we're winning, but at what cost? And you know, some of my friends are rooting for losses, and they actually have been rooting for losses since like week five or six. I, I'm tired of that. I'm actually tired of that. I used to be the guy who said, all right, let's lose. And, I, and I'll and i agree right now, if we were to keep losing, it's better for us come April. But there's 53 guys on this team going out every Sunday trying to get amped up for a football game and play well. I mean, you got to build a winning culture at some point. Now, I understand the draft pick, and I understand the whole tanking idea, and everybody knows it takes place in the NFL. It takes place probably in all sports except for baseball. Uh, and probably not hockey. But anyways, 
that's besides the point. The Jets have been a losing culture for the last, what, 11 years now? I mean, at what point do you turn around? You can't just go from being 4-12 and every season, or now with 17 games, 4-13 uh, and 13, uh, every season, to then all of a sudden a playoff team and, and a Super Bowl contender. So at what point do you have that transition season? So yeah, I'm going to root for wins in games where I think we're, we're better than the other team. If we're playing the Texans, I'm rooting for the win. Because if we lose to the Texans, then I really have no clue where we stand. We play the Jaguars the day after Christmas. If we lose that game, I will be disappointed. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, both teams are not doing well this season. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's, I guess you could say, he's not even playing that great. I mean, I guess he's playing average. He's not living up to the expectations, clearly. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm at this point, I'm starting to root for wins because if the Seahawks keep losing, the Seahawks look like they might not win another game this year. If they keep losing, I mean, we have their draft pick. But uh, as of right now, I think uh, the Seahawks pick, the Jets are below on the, the Seahawks pick is above the Jets pick. Correct. The Seahawks are, uh, if the season ended today, the Seahawks pick would be fourth in the draft and the Jets would be fifth. They do have the same record, but due strength to of strength of schedule, yep. the Seahawks is technically four. Trusk, uh, I'm not sure how much college football you've been following, but who would you like the Jets to draft there? Oh, that's a good question. I uh, I like Stingley from LSU for we need we need help in the secondary. I mean, yeah, Bryce Hall has sure. been good this year, and then Michael uh, Carter's been good this Michael year. Michael Carter has been good this year. I mean, he kind of gets overtake like I mean, he's kind of under the radar because he's got there's another guy on the team named Michael Carter, and he's been that's having true. a great year this year. He just got hurt though; he's on the IR. Both rookies from the ACC. Yeah, um, and then the I I mean Thibodeau is insane but he's gonna go first where there's no way we get him and then uh what's the guy from Michigan the defensive end I was just gonna say there's another edge rusher out there and his name is Aiden Hutchinson yeah that I guy mean is... most of us I know probably all three of us did but I mean most people listening probably also saw that Ohio State versus Michigan game that kid was all over the field man he made He's great. Ohio State's offense look scared like they were pooping their pants. Oh, I know. I mean, this kid Hutchinson, I believe, what is he at, 13 sacks now, Tom? Yeah, 13 sacks, so I'm pretty sure leads the country, and uh, he's just been really good. He's been a game record this season. I think um, they're starting to put him in Heisman talks. I mean, obviously it's a stretch for any edge rusher to win the Heisman over a quarterback or, or a star running back, but, I mean, this kid's de- he's definitely going top five in the draft. And uh, his draft stock just keeps going up and up. Yes. They, got, they got another guy over there, right? What's his name? Egoba or something? Yeah, o- Ojaba, I think. Yeah, Ijaba. he's really good. I'm not sure if he's a I think he is draft out. Yeah, I think he – I don't oh, – wow. I can look that up real quick. Yeah, yeah if he's draft out as well, then that's, that's another kid. That's just another crazy edge rusher that teams are going to be looking at. Yeah, the Jets have a lot of holes, so they can even address – I mean, if the offensive tackle from uh, Alabama, I believe, uh, Evan Neal, is that his name? Yeah. Yep, Evan Neal. Yep. Uh, if he's there – um, he's a very good left tackle. I mean, he's a good pass blocker. I would be very happy if the Jets were to draft him and then move Makai Becton back to the right side. Um, I think that would be good. I mean, Makai Becton's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. And you want your run blocker on the right side and your pass blocker on the left side. So I don't think that change would be too hard for Makai. Um, I think that's another route that the Jets could go. He's got to get back on the field first, though. He's, he's, yeah. He can't stay healthy. It's disappointing. Health is definitely a, a big factor for that. Um, Makai Becton obviously has all the skills and the talent, but it's not doing much from the sideline. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. Uh, Ojabo is he's going in the first round this year. All right, wow. so they're projecting him like 20th around there. So yeah, that kid's also very good. 
I mean, Michigan's pretty good at um, producing edge rushers or or defensive linemen in general. I mean, we've seen over the last couple of years, Packers' Rashawn Gary went to Michigan. Um, Chase Winovich is from Michigan. Um, they've just been. They've just been. Honestly, they might be like edge rusher. You. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely effort to be. Speaking of uh, debates, earlier in the week, I kind of threw out that Deontay Johnson's a top ten wide receiver, and, and Tom, you were pretty quick to shut that down. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can go as to say top ten. Um, I, I like Deontay Johnson though. I think he's having a pretty solid year. Uh, he's definitely limited his drops because that was his biggest concern uh, last season. I'm putting him on the backside of the teens, maybe 18 through 20. Mm. Uh, I know you're you're going top 10, but I don't know if I could put that guy top 10. I mean, it depends because when you look at this season, he's 12th in yardage, um, but then you got guys ahead of him like DJ Moore. I don't think DJ Moore is better than Deontay Johnson. But then you guys, you got guys below him, Mike Evans. I mean, he's arguably better. Um, but he just doesn't have the stats this year. So I mean, that's what's yeah. that's what's tough about debating. Like, oh, is this guy top ten, top five? Because are we talking all time? Are we talking the season? I mean, it's yeah. very uh, up for debate. Another guy who's you know ranked sixth right now is Jamar Chase. But the guy, the kid's only played eleven games in his career. So can we put him above of guys like Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson? Godwin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, it's too I think you got to give Deontay Johnson credit where it's due because he's got Big Ben as his quarterback, and this this weekend he looked he looked like he was ready to retire. He was throwing balls into double coverage. I mean, how many? He had like two or three picks. It was he he looked atrocious. He looked like he couldn't even stand on his own feet. Yeah, the Bengals absolutely terrible. manhandled him. I mean, Joe Mixon had a great game. Yep, yes, he did. So did T. Higgins. Yeah. Um, that Bengals seems pretty good. Mm. I'm not sold. I mean, I'm not sold on them. It's. I feel like it's week by week. It's either they're really good or they're really bad. It's. I feel like there's really no in between. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, the Bengals team has sold me up until this point. I mean, there's still a good amount of season left for a playoff push from every, any team in the league. But uh, I don't know this Bengals team, man. Like they, they, I really did not think this team would go over 500 with the line in front of Burrow and their defense. But their defense has done a hell of a job this season. Uh, keeping them in games and Burrow just looks comfortable and he's slinging the ball to Chase and Joe Mixon who has never had really had a great healthy season is having by far I think his best season he's putting up multi-touchdown games week after week I mean it's pretty incredible what this team is doing and you look at their in-division record I believe they're 3-1 and one, um, in the AFC North I mean, they're beating up on Pittsburgh, Baltimore, uh, Cleveland. This is what you want to see from them if you if they want to make that next step and be a division winner. So, I mean, I, I think they're going to get into the wild card. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to hop the Ravens. But, I mean, I, I think they'll get into the playoffs. I'm really, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from that team. I mean, you can, you can make an argument for the Bengals being even better than what their record shows. I mean, they got three losses. And they the three. I mean, how many losses did they have? Four, four. four. Yeah, and three of their losses four. were by three points, and two of them were in OT. So like they yeah. were, they were right there till the end for all those games. So they, that record could easily be. They could have one loss this year. Yeah, they, they've been really competitive, and Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit too uh, for how he's handled that squad. And and I'm I'm excited for this young team moving forward. It's true, they are good, but they are still behind the Ravens, like you mentioned, Tom, um, by one game in the standings. It would be interesting, though, if they jumped them. I mean, I, I don't know. There's still a lot of season left. Yeah, um, they played each other once already, right? They, they played each other once. and The, the Bengals win or The no? Bengals, yeah, the Bengals did, won. Yeah. The Bengals won. So, I mean, we'll see another head-to-head matchup. Ravens are going to have to snag that one. I mean, Sunday night, Lamar, I, Lamar looked... I mean, we were, we were out at dinner, and we were watching the game. He looked lost. Three tough, picks before halftime, I was, I was... I thought they were done. Lost. I mean, I thought... 
I mean, their defense is good. I mean, Baker, Baker is just he also needs lost. He looks lost. He, he's <laughs> lost. He needs to have surgery on everything in his body. He's maybe his so brain. hurt. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's done. You know what? The thing about the Ravens though. Lamar played so bad, but they still found a way to win. And I don't know if that's credit to Harbaugh. I don't know if that's credit Mark to Andrews. The, yeah, that I catch. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who to con- Justin Tucker. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. everybody on that team deserves a little bit of credit for somehow coming out with a win um, on that Sunday night. I feel like they always yeah. do that though. It's like the third, or it's it's been it's crazy. Yeah. And the amount of injuries that they've had this season too. You look at Marcus Peters out for the year. J.K. Dobbins out for the year. Gus Edwards out for the year. Yeah. Clarence Campbell was out this past week. Mm-hmm. They still found a way to to get the win. They did a nice job of shutting down uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean their rookie, so, their rookie receiver mentality. Rookie receiver first round pick Rashad Bateman missed the first. Six or seven weeks of the season. Hollywood Brown was out two weeks ago. I mean, they've dealt with injury. Every team deals with injuries, but this has been, like, insane, and they're still first in the AFC. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. Looking at first in the NFC, though, uh, obviously there's still a lot of season left, but um, pulling it up here, just the standings, you got the Cardinals at 9-2 and two coming off of, I believe they were on bye this week. Um what are your thoughts on them? Kyler's got to get healthy. I'm not, I'm not. I'm honestly not sold on them either. I think the Packers. Packers are by far. Packers and Bucks are the best team in the NFC. I mean, there's. I mean, Cardinals. Yeah, they won those two games without Kyler and without D Hop. I mean, like, yeah, they played well. They won those games. But I, I can't see Kyler doing well in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. It's just that's just my opinion. I mean, I agree with you. Kyler has no playoff experience. They, they missed the playoffs uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah, I don't think so. Um, so when you look at, I mean, the NFC race, the Green Bay Packers are just on a different level. I mean, they they won pretty comfortably this past week against the Rams. As home underdogs. Yep, and Aaron Rodgers has been dealing with this toe injury. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's coming off an MVP season. This season is just as good. I mean, he's not getting as much MVP talk. I believe he's like third or fourth right now according to like Vegas odds but I mean he's playing unbelievable at, at age what 36 37 years old yeah I, I also gotta say Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league I mean he was putting Jalen Ramsey on skates out there and he was cooking him left and right so having Devontae uh, what the hell Devontae, Adams. Devontae <laughs> Adams as your number one receiver on any team would be that's a great 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 player to have yeah, I agree. Tom, who's the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, I say right now, definitely the Packers, I think, are the best team. Um, I'm putting the Bucks right underneath the Packers. I'm really not sold, like you said, on the Cardinals right now. Uh, banged up, D-Hop and Kyler really need to come back and uh, prove what they can do. And uh, Rodgers right now is just, the way he's throwing the ball is just, it's like he's in the stone his prime. Um, he's hitting guys right on target. <laughs> Um, Devontae Adams looking really nice. A.J. Dillon has been playing tremendous for the Green Bay Packers, I running agree. downhill, uh, just breaking tackles, made the Rams tackling look foolish on Sunday. Um, I really got to go with the Packers right now, but I'd, I'd love to see uh, Rodgers-Brady rematch uh, oh, coming yeah. this year. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, that boy A.J. Dillon is nice. I mean, coming out of uh, B.C. just a couple years ago, plays a really nice. good I mean I'm not, I'm not sure if he would be good on his own but that package that they have with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is just working out tremendously over there in Green Bay. Yeah. So Tom, Packers and Bucks, is that like a 1A 1B situation or do the, is it like Packers 1 and Bucks are definitely 2? I'm I'm, I'm going to say Packers 1 definitely Bucks 2 just because I mean the the Bucks looked a little shaky on Sunday. I mean it's still obviously Brady Brady didn't have his best game but he still got the win. Uh, the Colts really honestly should have won that football game. I mean, the amount of turnovers that Wentz and Hines uh, put together in that second half was just 
uncalled for from Cole's fans' point of view, probably. But uh, they need to win that game there. And I think the Bucks could be clicking a little better right now, but I think the Packers are playing the best football right now in the league. Playoff Lenny, four touchdowns on a Sunday. That's, that's yeah, he crazy. Al- yeah, he also carried them to that win. I mean, yeah. I feel like you – I'm with you right now with Packers being one and Bucks being two, but once it's playoffs, I, I feel like you can never count out Brady. He could yeah, he be the wild card team and they could still win the entire thing. But then again, if the – Packers finish the above the Bucks and they're playing at Lambeau for the NFC Championship. I don't. I Tom Brady's gonna have to do something crazy to win there because you know Lambeau. Yeah, it's tough Lambeau, to play. Yeah, it's very tough to play there. Yeah. Now, just to end the show here, I want to go with Super Bowl predictions because honestly, it's been a couple weeks since we've given ours, Tom, and obviously Matt's first time on the show. We haven't heard his yet. Um, I can't remember what you had. I've, I don't know. You want to say like Bills? I, a couple weeks ago, you were saying Bills Bucks, maybe? Yeah, Bills Bucks, and I had the Bills winning it. Now, is it still Bills Bucks with Bills on top? <sighs> no, nah, it's still. It's not actually. I'm, I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to change it right now. All right. Um, Give us your uh, going into Week 13 adjustment here. That last quarter of the season, we got a few weeks left, and more than a few weeks, but. Honestly, it's tough from the AFC perspective. Uh, right now, NFC, I'm going to stick with my Bucks right. just because it's Brady, and I think he can go back-to-back. I mean, AFC, it's, it's really tough right now. If I were to say my guess, I'm probably going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs just because Ooh, I think hey they're now. playing I think they're playing better. Um, they just had a bye this week. Obviously, yeah. we didn't see them. But um, they've been playing good football, and uh, they're, they're honestly a little bit of an under-radar team this, this season just because they started off slow. And, but, I mean, it's still the Kansas City Chiefs. We need to see their line uh, keep protecting Mahomes, and we need to see their D step up like they did against Dallas. I'm going to go chiefs Bucks rematch, and I'm going to say Bucks win again. Honestly, it's, it sounds a little boring. It probably won't happen, but I, th- I think Brady goes back-to-back still. All right, I respect I respect the prediction there. I mean, what was it like week three or four? We were saying, is it time to panic for the Chiefs? And we both yeah, we, we both admitted like, yeah, they should be panicking. But they turned it around, sitting now at seven and four. They've turned it on, and the Chargers haven't really done much to take advantage. Yeah. And the Chargers are sitting at six and five now, and it's it's no one's fault but themselves because they had another tough loss against Denver. Um, they're just not really clicking right now, and, and that, that's why the Chiefs look look good again, and that's why they're back in control of the division. I agree. I mean, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos are all six. And five, so they're right on the rear end there of Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. But like you said, the Chiefs got to keep their foot on the pedal, and they definitely have the power to do that. For me, I'm going to stick to my prediction. I'm happy I could still say that, honestly. Since uh, pretty much the start of the season, I've gone Packers Ravens with the Packers on top. And just to keep it simple there, I mean, not really much to explain. We've been kind of singing the praises of both of those teams for the last about 10 minutes here. So, Trusk. Go on to you to end the show. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, Packers Chiefs, and I'm gonna have the Packers win it all. I, I think it's Aaron Rodgers' year this year. I think he's last dance. Last wow. dance. I think uh, with this wow. whole off season stuff going on with him, I think he's just gonna go and show out, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna go smooth sailing. He's gonna go retire after he wins this chip whoa, this year. Whoa. Uh, I don't know about retire. <laughs> I think he's looking for a mega deal next year with a new team. I don't know for sure. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's been about himself. I don't know. He's he's a weird guy though. Like he could easily weird. like. He could retire, retire tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> not, no, well, not actually. But, like, I, I, know he, what, I know what you're saying. No, he, you're right. He's very, like, yeah, I, I don't know what he, like, what team would you, could you see him going to? I don't know. He's so into himself, though. Like, if he's not playing football, he's going to have to, like, star in a movie Maybe or something. Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's an option. Yeah, but, I mean, like, why would, you, why would you go to, I mean, the Packers are rolling right now. Wouldn't you? I, I mean, see, clearly I, some front office, the relationship isn't that great there, so. Right. I mean, all right. Hey, yeah, that's, that's I don't think reason. he retires next year, so. If it's not the Packers, Tom, you mentioned Steelers. That's a good fit. 
Broncos are a good fit, I believe, as well. Um, I mean, if Miami doesn't come away with Deshaun Watson, they can make a push. For, Tua's uh, been playing for well, though. Ah, no, he, Tua's on. been playing. Enough Tua. of the Tua train. Ah, come on. Come on, man. Miami's defense has carried them. I don't really think Tua's been that great. Yeah. It's just me. I mean, they got the Giants next week, so it's not. What if you went to the Falcons? Tua's not going to have to play an amazing game. We'll see. Man, Rodgers to the Falcons. Falcons, maybe. How about this team, Washington? I could see that. I like Heineke there, but obviously I take <laughs> I take Aaron Rodgers. You like Heineke, Heineke, but I don't like Heineke that much. <laughs> Tom, no you way. mentioned I think it was on Sunday actually. Saints for Rodgers. <laughs> for Rodgers, was that um, you that said that? It might have been actually. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I think that'd be a good fit for him. I don't think they have the cap for it though. Yeah, they've had they're, cap problems with Kamara and Cam Jordan. Yeah, I don't. So it's tough. Maybe I mean, it wasn't. Maybe I don't. I don't remember. Maybe the Detroit the Giants could be in on it, but they're not gonna probably pay nah. for. Nah, Giants trade for Russell Wilson. So I wouldn't. I would not. I would not, I would not do that right now. I wouldn't do that. I mean, his value is very low, but he might be. He might be done. Mm, I don't know about that. He's dealing with a really rough offensive line. No defense very, either. I know, but he's thrown into double coverage. I feel like every single throw, he's, he's either nowhere right near the receiver or double coverage. It's it's weird. It's not not the Russ we know. It is not. I mean, I will say what happens looking forward to these next couple weeks in the NFL. A lot's going to happen. And I'm also looking forward to uh, the rest of MLB free agency. There might be a little bit of a lull with the uh, lockout happening, but obviously we'll have to stay up to date and provide our opinions uh, twice a week. Uh, Trusk, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, Obviously, we're going to have to do this again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. I love talking sports. Of course. I'm Bobby McInnes alongside Tom Splone and our guest... Matt Truskowitz, it's been a pleasure, and we'll see you next time.